What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. It's Tuesday, March 2nd. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is Reopening America. A team of scientists with the World Health Organization are exploring the origins of COVID-19 and are focusing on two animal types for possible vectors where the illness jumped to humans. Investigators say that ferret badgers and rabbits, which were sold at the Wuhan market, could have played a role in the spread. Drew Henshaw, reporter at the Wall Street Journal, joins us for more on the WHO investigation into COVID-19. Thanks for joining us, Drew. Thanks. Thanks for having me. We have a team from the World Health Organization that recently made a four-week trip out to Wuhan, China. Their goal there was to study the origins of COVID-19, the coronavirus, and see how it happened, how the outbreak started happening. And more importantly, we already heard from them. They ruled out that it could have been any type of lab leak accident. And right now, what they're focusing on are two different animal types that could have helped make that crossover. You know, we think that it originated in bats. And then there was another vector animal that transmitted it to humans. And they're focusing on ferret, badgers, and rabbits. So, Drew, tell us a little bit more about what we're learning here. They're focusing on these animals that were present in the market, you know, their carcasses. There are a couple carcasses of ferret badgers found in the freezer at this market. And they tested negative, but we know that the animal is capable of carrying this virus. And likewise, there were rabbits present there. What we know about this virus that we didn't know, say, a year ago, is what animals it spreads through, What, like mink, for example. We've learned a lot. You know, hundreds of animals have been studied for their susceptibility to COVID-19 and to the virus that causes COVID-19. And right now, they're narrowing down that list and focusing on, well, which animals were potentially present at this market or other markets that could have been the vector. And the market there in question is such a huge bit of this thing. There actually, you wrote another article recently, too, that we're also learning that COVID-19 might have been spreading around China even before the major outbreaks in December of 2019. So it had probably already been floating around a little bit. But the markets are so important because this is where they think that the outbreak happened at large, where mass quantities of people really started becoming infected. 
Yeah, this is the first place they know it was spreading. So it's sort of natural to start at this market. And there's the question of the market is sort of one of the big riddles. Was this a place where it, it jumped into human beings? You know, was there some dead or live animal there that was carrying this virus and it, it went into humans at the market? Or as is very probable, was this one of the first super spreading events? You know, people are at a market it's not well ventilated, a lot of humidity in the air. They're talking over each other. It's the kind of place where this virus spreads very easily. Now, we know the scientists are out there trying to get as much information as possible, but there has been a little bit of tension between the U.S. and China, things with uh, sharing all of the data that they might have. China has said that the virus probably originated outside of their country. So everybody's kind of throwing blame back and forth. But this also makes it more difficult for the scientists themselves who are out there trying to get to the root yeah. of it. It makes it more That's difficult right. for them. There's a few things on that. One, this trip happened more than a year later. And there's just a lot of information that's erased with time. They have nearly 100 people who are potential COVID cases that predate you know, the confirmation of the virus. And we don't know if they had COVID because a year has gone by. It's very hard to test people for antibodies a year later and know whether that information is useful. You know, the U.S. wanted them to probe this lab theory. Well, the team, they can only send the experts that China invited. And there was no political ability to have this lab forensically tested. That was off the table from the beginning. I mean, politics hang over everything that this, this team is doing. The nature of the WHO is they can only do what they're invited to do. And on that front, too, you know, getting samples, looking at all this stuff so much later on, even when, you know, news started coming out about the markets, right away, a lot of the vendors there started cleaning things up, you know, throwing things away. Right, that's so right. it's just hard to get all the evidence the of the initial was, spots. Sorry, the market was cleaned very, very early on, which, you know, it's understandable. There's an outbreak here. You, know, you can understand it from one point of view, but a lot of evidence was lost. And that was a year ago. You know, just there's only so much we can find out when a year goes by. You know, they're gonna learn some things. They're gonna learn a lot about which animals are susceptible to this virus. You know, that hopefully we'll find a similar virus dwelling in bats, or maybe something that's very, very similar to SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. But in terms of tracking, like who was the first person to get this, the other problem is a lot of cases are mild and asymptomatic, like right. anybody. I mean, if you had flu-like symptoms anywhere in central China last year, it's a very big group of people. It's very hard to narrow that down and figure out who was patient number one. So back to these animals, these ferret badgers and rabbits. Why are we honing in on them? Uh, you know, I know there's has to do things with uh, the supply chains of these animals getting into the country as well. So why do we return to these two animals right now? Well, these two animals do too. They provide a pathway for how this virus could have gotten into this city and spread. We know these animals can contract this disease and they, we know they can be infected with this virus and they can spread it. And we know they were at this market. So there's something there. There's something to investigate at least. It's at least worthy of being investigated further. And right now there's a lot of avenues of, that the WHO has to look into without discounting any one idea. And this, this one's pretty promising. And as I mentioned before, there's some uh, new evidence that says that COVID-19 was spreading in China before these first confirmed cases, what are we seeing on that front? I know that has, it has to do with yeah. a lot of genetic sequencing that we've been doing with the virus. They do this thing called the most recent common ancestor. And you have basically two types of COVID-19 that or the virus sort of splits, the genetic sequencing of the virus splits. I'm trying to describe this in the most layperson's terms possible here. But, you know, early January, December, you see some genetic differences in the virus that people have. 
I'm talking 2019, December 2019, you see some differences. The cluster at the market, it's all pretty much the identical virus. But there's other group of people who have a different, the virus is genetically different in slight ways. And when you look at the rate at which this virus mutates, it's like one or two mutations a month, you start looking back, well, when did this virus split into these two branches? And that takes you anywhere between late September to late November with kind of like November, maybe late October being the rough estimate of when this virus first began spreading. I mean, there's still a lot to find out. And I know these scientists are are trying to put together as much information as possible. So I'm sure we'll be hearing more from them soon. Drew Hinshaw, senior reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, too. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been Reopening America. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. So follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease right here right now find your beautiful new floor at right rug flooring choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee visit rightrug.com that's r-i-t-e-r-u-g.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you 24-month financing is available with approved credit for 90 years we've been right here right now Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.